Hello, my greasers. Welcome back to Let's Be Real podcast. Uh, today, I'm with the usual suspects. So we have Jacob and Javier. And yeah, don't don't mind Javier showing off with his wall full of jerseys that we have just a window and a, <laughs> and a door here and nothing. And Javier is here flashing tons and tons of jerseys. So yeah. But are we sure is it real? Like it could even be a virtual background. Hmm. I mean, that's true though, right? That's true, actually. Yeah, that's a very nice point, Jacob. But then, anyways, we will leave that to the tech, to the to the tech guys to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So uh, today, uh, before we dive into the preview of the Betis game at the weekend, it's the end of the transfer window today. So uh, I think it's only right to pay respects to what happened and what didn't happen throughout the transfer window. And I think for us, like it's it was a window of regret, or I would say of disappointment rather, if if regret is a very heavy word, and. Uh, I don't know what 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 was you guys' take actually uh, back then we weren't able to talk with you guys about the whole Kylian Mbappe team or as they say PayPal team. So uh, let's just start with Javier. Javier, what was your take on the Kylian Mbappe team? I mean, it was a disappointment, you know. The timing was wrong. The ways they're wrong. He played with us. Yeah. Maybe just himself. But I think it's a lot more, you know. I think it's the French government and also the Qatar government involved. This is not a normal transfer. Yeah. And the timing was wrong from the get-go, you know. A few days before the Champions League final was a blow. But we won the Champions League final and we move on like we always do. Yeah, I'm sad he's not here, but... Watching Bini and watching Benzema, I think it's the current Ballon d'Or and maybe the next one. So, definitely, definitely. Asad, yes, but Real Madrid always keep uh, moving forward. So let's do that. Yeah, I mean, nice, nice point you have here. Actually, to be honest, you know, I would feel feel so so happy if Vinicius could win the Ballon d'Or before Kylian Mbappe does. I mean, that would be a whole different kind of satisfaction, man, to be honest. Obviously, I, I think like Mbappe will still win the Ballon d'Or one day. But I mean, Vini winning before him will just be the perfect thing, man, to be honest. Really, really. But we have to consider the World Cup, you know? Yeah, if Brazil, If Brazil won the World Cup, it's a huge boost for Vini. I don't, I don't see Neymar uh, being the next big thing. He has his time and... He blow it going for PSG. So maybe with the uh, with the World Cup, I see France and Brazil as Brazil. the yeah. most candidates. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I totally agree with you. Like, uh, I also have uh, Brazil as my prime candidates, to be honest. But yeah, I don't actually value France that much. Although they have a very good team, I think the internal politics of the team is so weird that it's difficult to, you know, uh, to, to, to maintain for the tournament like the World Cup. I think they've done, they've had their time. They, you know, got down work together for once and they won the World Cup at that time. So I think it's very difficult to replicate that again as well. And yeah, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So Jacob, what, what was your take on the old Kylian Mbappe team? Like, or were you just, yeah, it happened and it happened. Um, yeah, I'm going to lean towards the latter because I'm usually a glass half full person unless I see the Communicado official. Like I never, be- <laughs> I never believe anything that goes on in the classifieds or the news. Um, 
So it was certainly a shock. I had put, like, if you were to ask me if Kiran Mbappe was coming, like, even a year or two years back, I was going to say definitely this season that it was happening. But, uh, yeah, it was certainly a blow. But uh, because I had certainly low expectations, uh, like the transfer window for me, uh, it turned out pretty average uh, for me. Because if you think about it, uh, because we didn't get uh, Kylian Mbappe, um, do you think we overpaid for... Uh, to a mini just to keep him from going to PSG. So I think that was a GM reaction. And then we ended up losing Casamiro as well. Mm. I got to say, like overall, like a pretty disappointing uh, transfer window. But we did uh, get rid of some uh, players that were on the fringes. So mainly yeah. Isco, Marcelo, Bale, all of those guys left, all legends. And that was hard to watch as well. But, you know, as Javier said, we got to move on. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to throw something controversial to you guys. Is Isco a legend? Is Isco like, has Isco done enough to be considered a legend? For me, yes. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first season, you know, the La Decima season? Yes. It was a very a nice fit. And uh, I mean, he's Spanish. So the Spanish crowd always uh, indoors. Um, Spanish players at Real Madrid yes, to succeed. Yeah. And, and he did. Then he goes to upside downs again, but in the, I think the 2016-17 season, the, exactly. the second yeah. Champions League, the one with the Juventus final, yeah. he was a, a key player, you know? Definitely. A key, key, key player. He maybe uh, saved us from, I think, two or three games in the La, La Liga with a goal. And... For me, that uh, and, and he starts, I think, three Champions League finals, two uh, um, European championship. She, she starts a lot of uh, big games, you know. He was a, a top considerer for Ancelotti and also for Zidane. So Zidane he has his ruffle with Solari and maybe uh, uh, Lopetegui tried to rescue him. I think that's that's the end of Cisco, you know, when. When Zidane came back, he was over, but not because of Zidane, because of him. Hmm. I, see. I see. But as a legend, yes. Jacob, your take? I would say, yeah, I'm definitely going to say Isco is a legend. Um, he was a bit more of a support uh, player in his earlier seasons with us. Um, but then, like, yeah. He like perfectly summarizes like how important he was in the fi- Juventus final, and then with the whole diamond, we had a total identity with the diamond. Like uh, our f- fullbacks pushing forward, and Isco made all of that possible. He connected all the dots between our midfield, our defense, and our attack. So yeah, he was really important for that particular one season. But uh, overall, he has been a really good player for us. He he hasn't complained too much. Uh, he um, but I did I would say he did let himself go in the last uh, ending points of his career after uh, Solari came on board and then just pushed him out of the team. Hmm. Valid, valid, valid. I think, I, I think, think well, I think, well, Farouk, just to point out, I think that the, the rumors and the media said that he was um, have some things with her girlfriend. You know, he made her vegan or something like that. And <laughs> just some bullshit, but maybe, I don't know, maybe he was so outside of the game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I consider Isco a, a very good player, but not a player who likes to play football, you know? Well, 
I see that, that that's a valid point. That's a valid point. Actually, I also rate Isco very highly, but I just felt like uh, the word legend might be a bit too heavy because, like, in my opinion, like Isco has always been, has only been good for like a 15 month span in the total of his career at Real Madrid, max 15 months. So I think like you know, playing for 15 months shouldn't warrant to be a legend at this club, in my opinion. But then I think Javier actually hits the nail on the head there when he pointed out that you know. Uh, Isco is a Spanish wonder kid, right? He came from Malaga, like he was at the top of Spain when he came to Real Madrid, right? So like everyone had the agenda to push Isco to succeed at Real Madrid, like, you know, for the benefit of the club, for the benefit of the nation and, you know, benefit of the player as well. So yeah, well, in my opinion, I felt like he hasn't, he wasn't consistent enough, you know, because that's the thing, we know he could be a world beater. And for that 15 months span, he was indeed a world beater, to be honest. But then other than that, I don't think uh, Isco actually, you know, could... Uh, uh, performs to the levels that I at least expected of him. But then, yeah, I mean, uh, it is what it is. So, like, we just have to appreciate what he has given to us. You know, even that that year of the final, you know, that 16-17 was, was amazing, actually. So we have to give credit to that as well. Anyways, uh, we had we had also the Welsh Dragon Guard build move on as well. And we know you have, we had the, the person who made us fall in love with defenders, at least personally for me, because I didn't get to watch Carlos, although we saw a bit of Kafu as well. But, uh, I mean, Marcelo was the guy who, you know, made me fall in love with fullbacks and defenders, to be honest. So, I mean, credit to him as well, like the the the, the Brazilian as well, the captain he left uh, at the end of the season as well. So, but then we added Chouamini, as you guys rightly pointed out, like, uh, although at a very high cost, in my opinion, hopefully he might, you know, uh, he might come to, you know, uh, warrant his price tag as well. But then, like, eventually we had no backup for Karim Benzema as well, though. I don't know what's what's your take on that, Jacob. Like the lack of backup for Karim Benzema, is that a problem or like thereof? I mean, it remains to be seen. It is a World Cup year. Uh, Benzema is going to be playing a lot more. Um, so unless uh, Carlo uh, rotates a lot, maybe put in Asensio or Hazard to close out games that we have already uh, locked and loaded, uh, I would say we definitely need a backup striker. But it also depends on uh, Carlo and his rotation policy. Mm, I see. I see. No, uh, that's 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 very valid. That's very valid, in my opinion. So actually, you know, one wonderful effect I always feel is that you know, like we focus so much on Kylian Mbappe that you know we let Sterling Haaland slip through our fingers. And actually, uh, Javier was actually pointing something very important. Maybe Javier can just you know retouch on that about the fact that I was actually saying like the compatibility between Erling Haaland and Karim Benzema is something that you know would have been I personally would have been worried about. But, you know, Javier actually was uh, making a very solid point. So, Javier, maybe you can just uh, take the thing on this. Well, yeah, as we said, top, top players are compatible, always are compatible, you know? And if you have a Ballon d'Or, because Karim is at that level, Definitely. he adapts. He used to play with one other center forward with Iwain, and then he has a to, to serve the team with uh, Cristiano and Bale. Bale and exactly. Then he has to be himself on the on the spotlight, you know? And he yeah. adapts in every single season, in every single way. So bring a young uh, center forward who is going to be, uh, he already is a machine. Definitely. He's built different. He's built to, uh, to, to, to score goals, you know? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. we said in the chat, I'm a huge uh, Borussia Dortmund fan, and I watched every single game that he's played, and I was, like, very excited. Most, even more than, than Kylian, you know, for me. 
personally. And, and to watch him go to City was a blow because I, I think we, we lost an opportunity. 60 million for Erling Brau Haaland. It's a bargain, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. we let them through. And as we said, it's maybe a clause that uh, allowed us to bring him in two years, but it's, it's a maybe. And it's a maybe for 100 plus million, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so we lost our chance. I think they will be uh, compatible, but we never know. Hmm. Okay, Jacob. So when you say, are you ruined the, you know, the missed opportunity there? Like, you know, we've seen that Ellen Haaland right now, as they call Goaland, has nine goals in five Premier League matches. Never seen before in the EPL history. Never seen before. So are you ruined that? Like we missed something right here because actually, you know, uh, also, although I think Javier also missed the point, in the game against Espanol, actually, Javier was pointing to the fact that, you know, like, there are situations whereby, you know, you know for sure Haaland was there to finish this, those, you know, some of the balls, and, you know, he would have gotten himself into situations where he's just a touch and a goal, you know. And, you know, we had, uh, we had games, you know, where, where in the Premier League, for example, I think la last night, he had four touches and two goals in 20 minutes, early in Haaland. So the question becomes, how do you get two goals from four touches? You know, we, have, we remember last season, you know, the pundits were killing Romelu Lukaku because he had seven torches in the game, right? I mean, so, but if the man shows that he can get the goals, then you can't criticize his torches, right? You can't criticize his, his you know, lack of uh, presence in the team's build-up player and what is and what is not. So his job is just one goal. One, he has one job, and that's to score the goals. So are you ruined that we missed out on such a player waiting for someone who never came? Obviously, it is a totally missed opportunity, but I'm going to take a conservative and a, like I'm just coming in from a different perspective. So let's look at the pros of not having Haaland on this team. Like uh, we know that Rodrigo is coming up. Uh, he didn't have a lot of opportunities last season because of his game time and his injuries. So I feel like not having Haaland is plus uh, we get more play, play time out of uh, Rodrigo and Valverde. And I feel like having uh, Benzema and Haaland on the same team, like uh, all of those, uh, Benzema likes to hug the left side of the pitch. Vini yeah. likes to hug the left side of the pitch. So we could tend to become a really lopsided team on the attack. But it could work, like like uh, Javier said. Like, we'll never know now for sure with this team. So by the time that Haaland arrives, uh, we might not have Benz here anymore. So yeah. yeah, totally missed opportunity. Definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, so moving on, like we can't, you know, talk about the transfer market without talking about the eventual departure of our Brazilian stalwart Casemiro in the middle of the park. Uh, for me, it came as a very, very huge surprise, actually, uh, because I remember when the news first broke, I was like, nah, like this is United, man. They can't hit the sea from the beach. They can't do shit. And the guys took away the, they took away our captain without the armband, man. So I don't, uh, it was a really, really, you know, uh, emotional and sad period. Well, yeah, it is football. Eventually, we will move on one way or another, man. I mean, we moved on from Cristiano eventually, you know. So, yeah, we will move on. So, uh, what? And right now, we, you know, <clears throat> the player we bought earlier in the summer. I don't know if the club had foreseen that or whatever it was, but for some reason, we had someone ready-made to replace Casemiro, who at least he's the pain. So, Javier, do you think Chouameni has done a great job so far? And what what do you think the future looks like? I think the future is bright, as Casemiro said in his goodbye. You know, he's in good hands. With uh, he said, I, I think he was referring to Florentino, 
But I think he, uh, he sees Florentino as the, the Real Madrid team, you know? We're, we're, we're very solid as a, as a squad, you know? Yeah. Maybe we're disappointed as fans because we, we like new signings and get excited. But I think the, this, this Real Madrid transfer uh, would be like, my impression would be um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. You know, we yeah. need only one uh, center forward and uh, center back, sorry, and one uh, central defensive midfield. So Chouamini was the best option. Yeah. And we put uh, the the amount we pay for Chouamini minus the the amount we receive for Casemiro. I think it's a very solid uh, transfer, you know, definitely, 20, definitely. 20 millions. For a center forward, he's already uh, a start in the lineup for, for France. And we watched him two solid games. The game against Espanol was very, very good. He that the assist for Vini, I, I, yeah. I think it's it's a, uh, <clears throat> a starting point what what will come for us with Chomini. I think it's a very good uh, signing. I think it's a very good fit. And I love to see him play more and more, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll just read out the start date. It says that Chouamini has completed the most progressive carries in La Liga this season. So, yeah, Jacob, what, what do you make of that? Casemiro who? Or are you saying that are we forgotten all about Casemiro and we don't know him anymore? No, man, I've already started missing a smile after he tackled. <laughs> Gets away with it. I don't think too many has the skills like Casemiro to get away from referees and then, you know. Um, I feel like losing Casemiro is going to be a bigger blow than we realize. I know we, uh, we have like uh, someone who's up and coming in uh, too many, but then having Casemiro on the team, it immediately raises our chance uh, to last out a whole final or two legs uh, on a hard, uh, with a hard team against City even. Like uh, if you like bring in Casemiro against a team like City. Um, if he has one of his one of his days where he blocks out everything and then intercepts everything, like we could have a chance to you know uh, stop them from scoring. Uh, but then if you put a player who's average defensively but way more good attacking uh, than Casemiro, like uh, it doesn't improve our chances against teams like City. But I would say like we are looking on trajectory uh, to win the La Liga again. Maybe let's see. Unless uh, Lewandowski has a crazy season. Um, however, in the Champions League, I feel like uh, we not go that that far because of not having Casemiro in the team. If we mm. do go too far, like Carlo has to really adjust his tactics because our defense is porous. Uh, we do let in a lot of easy goals, and these guys, these young guys, have to keep running and running. Even uh, Vinny, uh, he already does a lot of tracking back. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works without Casemiro. Yeah, I mean, valid, valid point. I think actually the thing is this, right? I think, I, I, I don't know, but I feel like, you know, right now, the style of play is not going to become more like, rather than, you know, we had Casemiro as our single pivot, someone who held everything together. It's not going to be a more collective effort, you know, between uh, <clears throat> either it's Chouameni and Tony Cross or Chouameni or Fede Valverde, Chouameni and uh, Luca Modri, Chouameni and Kamavinga. Like, I think it's going to be a, more of a, uh, of a of an effort, you know, a collective effort rather than you know the single individual effort we had from you know the monster Casemiro. And I think you're very very right. You know, like uh, I feel like we would we would you know. I mean, right now maybe we are not really aware of what we are missing because you know 
people like to point to the fact that, you know, Casemiro was already in decline for the past two seasons, what is and what is not, you know. I feel like, you know, uh, when the season goes on, we would eventually, uh, eventually understand, you know, what Casemiro actually brought to the team. And before we move on, actually, we just uh, want to re- remind the audience, uh, please, uh, please, 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 there's this uh, football content out going on on Instagram. You will find the links below in the description. Uh, please just uh, go to Instagram in the in the chat of the of the link there. Just at us at uh, Let's Be Real nineteen oh two. The voting is open till September fourth. So uh, because without you guys, uh, we can't you know continue distance. So it's just right to uh, get a bit of uh, feedback also from the from the community as well. So please, 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 if you are listening, if you are watching, wherever you are, just vote us up and uh, yeah. And just uh, let's 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 get this thing done. Anyway, so uh, moving on. Right now at the weekend, we have more pressing matters uh, of real betters at the Bernabeu. So we're going to see the Bernabeu for the first time this season. And we know we've won three games on the spin away from home. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's a very, very, you know, uh, very huge feat. Like, you know, winning the, your first three games of the season, which are all away from home. I think that's no easy feat. And that's just, you know, set the tone for what the season is going to look like, hopefully, you know, as... Uh, Jacob rightly said out yeah, I think like the only thing that can stop us from winning the league in my opinion is you know uh, a crazy Robert Lewandowski and I don't know what how motivated he is to you know play this year but we will see actually so yeah uh, so I think uh, we haven't won or rather I think yeah I think we haven't won at home against Betis in a while I think or yeah we haven't won against Betis I think at home for the last four games if I'm not mistaken maybe I'm wrong I think, yeah. yeah, we haven't won against them. And actually, we haven't even scored against them at home as well since the 16-17 season. So, you know, this oh. is just, so this is actually quite a game. And the thing is that it's, they have a coach, which I think we all respect as Mario Tristas, you know, Manuel Pellegrini. He's a very, very astute tactician as well, you know, with a very good team. Uh, I think the team is spearheaded by Neville Fakir, if I'm not mistaken as well. So it's, it's, it's a really, really, really good team. So Javier, what's what's your take on it? Like, how is uh, Real Betis perceived in Spain? Can you just take us through it? I mean, Betis is uh, now top team. He just they just won the the um, uh, La Copa del Rey. Yeah, and we need to consider that. You know, the last time I remember uh, Real Betis is when they beat us in the Copa del Rey. I think it's last season. It's a very uh, a solid squad. Yeah. Again, I think uh, Canales and uh, Juan and Borja Iglesias are uh, Spanish material, the Spanish selection material. You know, they are yeah. very good. They are a good team. They're still trying to sign or resign. I think uh, um, the goalkeeper. I, I I forgot his name. Uh, Claudio Bravo. Uh, oh, Bravo. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that is going to be a little uh, um, juicy for, for them. But, but, but I think it's, it's, it's a, good, a, a good team and a very tough match. I, I, I really like that it's the first uh, game at, at the Bernabeu. I think it's going to be a, 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 an audience-driven uh, game, you know. Yeah. I think if we uh, put ourselves in the front uh, quick, we're going to solve the game. But if the game goes to, I don't know, 60, 70 minutes with a 0 0 or, or a tie game, again, it's going to be an, another hard beating game. Yeah. 
definitely. No, and, definitely. And, and they are top of the league as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Three out so, of three games. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Like, it's, 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 you know, it's a derby of the unbeaten, if you want to say. Like, you know, we have won three out of three. We have also won three out of three. We had only, you know, two teams with the perfect leg record in the league. So, for sure, one of this record or both of the record is going to go into the trash at the weekend. And also, you know, the funny thing is this is like, although we haven't defeated uh, Betis in the past five home games, we haven't also lost to them in four games in the league as well. So that's the thing. And, you know, uh, the longest we've actually gone without uh, uh, winning, without, you know, losing against Betis actually is five. So, you know, it's a very, how can I say, it's a very weird stat that, okay, you haven't defeated these guys in your home for the past four seasons. And also you haven't lost to them as well in La Liga for the past four seasons as well. So actually it's, it's a very interesting tie. So, uh, Jacob, let's just go to you. Like, do you think, or rather, who do you think is going to lose your, uh, their 100% record at this, uh, this season? I mean, uh, what a game to like inaugurate the Bernabeu, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was just going to go on Amazon, uh, get a BP apparel, because I'm pretty sure this game is not going to be good for my heart. <laughs> it's going to be a hard-fought game like all the others uh, with Betis because they all they always come out playing against us. They have a, a really good uh, set of uh, midfielders and forwards. They have a lot of strong ball carriers, which exactly. we traditionally uh, do uh, struggle against, especially from our uh, wingers and uh, defenders. And yeah, there are a lot of players to watch out for. Juan Mi, like you said, uh, Canales, Fakir, all of them can hurt us at any moment. But then again, like you can't uh, uh, doubt Real Madrid past the 60-minute mark, right? <laughs> we always seem to eke out those victories. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. those uh, as a draw till the 60th minute, I'm going to still say Real are still going to win it. Um, but then, um, yeah, you never know with these games. We are always evenly matched with them. Hmm, I see, I see. To be honest, I'm actually very skeptical about the game. I feel like it might be, you know... Uh, one of those, you know, scrappy one-one draws when you know just can't fig- just when the day just it doesn't fall, you know, the day the ball doesn't hit the back of the net and they score and we try to equalize and we equalize late in the game and we don't have enough time to you know complete the comeback and something like this to be honest because I totally agree with you guys when you talk about you know they have a very strong core in the midfield you know with Carvalho, Canales and Nabil uh, Fakir I think it's a very very strong core and also the attackers are also very physical people and as we know like you know. Uh, we and physicality in the set piece is one of the things we have a problem with. And, you know, when you have a dead ball specialist like Nabil Fakir, like literally every corner is like, I don't know, every corner and free kick is almost like a penalty for these guys. So, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how we cope. And I, I'm not very sure, actually, to be honest. I feel I'm more of the, on the fences. I'm just going to say it's it's going to, you know, we're not going to lose, but I don't, I'm not very sure about our victory in this game, to be honest. I mean, I would take a 1-1 draw, to be honest. I would be happy with that result. No, I think it's going to be 2-1 for us, you know. And, and, and this is the thing. We yeah. receive a goal in every single game. Definitely. I don't like that. Uh, At all. Not. <laughs> and maybe more than one, even if it wasn't for Courtois, he's in his prime. But I think we need to score at least two. And I think it's going to be uh, first us, then a draw, and sadly, well, not sadly, but had, had been a result for, I don't know, Rodrigo or Karim, 80-plus uh, yeah. uh, screamer. Mm. Interesting. 
That's the way we like it, right? <laughs> I don't like it that way, but okay. <laughs> That's exactly, man. I mean, every everyone loves loves that easy way out, man. We don't like it that way, but that's what they shove down our throat, and we just, you know, swallow it directly. Like there's nothing we can do. That's 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 why we're fans. So you know, actually, you know, the other day I'm always saying I was actually saying in the group, like you know, it's only real that can feed me this, like I because I I like to watch you know very good football, and like it's just unfortunate, like it's only real that can like make me sit down through these crappy games and be like, oh, you know, biting your nails and what is and what is not. I guess that's that's what being a fan is because, like you know, you can just you know watch a good Bayern game or go to the Premier League and you know watch uh, City sticky taka or like Liverpool shit, and you can just scroll through it, uh, you know, without oh, for, much fuss. We are actually like re- the lucky ones because imagine if you were a Man United fan. Oh shit! <laughs> There are worse teams to look at. I, I feel like we're kind of in the lucky place. I mean, I mean, man, yeah, definitely. But you know, the thing is that one thing for us is that you know we always find a way to win. You know. Uh, as you rightly pointed out, you know, like we, as Harvey uh, also pointed out, you know, we always have a win to in, in the 68, you know, after the 60, 78th minute, you know, it seems like something awakens in our players, you know, like they just, you know, uh, come to life and that's when the urgency is there, you know, the penetration, the efficiency, the rootlessness and yeah, never say never until the end of the game. That's, that's the thing about it. And, you know, that's, it's also very fun, like, you know, but then maybe it's not good for our hearts, but I mean, The, the two goals we scored in two minutes against City, man, with Rodrigo, like, I mean, that was one of the climax of everything, man. Like, it was, wow. I mean, name a better feeling, man. I don't know, at least for watching football, it's very difficult to find something better than that. But then, obviously, would you prefer to win the game 2-0 in the first half? For sure, definitely. I would take that all day. But then, it is it is what it is, man. That's 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 the cost of supporting this club as well. But it's, that's the stuff of the legends, you know? If yeah. you, if we yeah. could move back in time and and predict our matches against PSG, Chelsea, and City, we're all gonna say, well, we hope Real Madrid won and move forward. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah, you do yeah. that, like an easy game, no one will remember. But Definitely. the thing is that we won in that way, and that Champions League is gonna be always remembered, and that's the thing. That Real Madrid does, you know, builds a lot of expectation, and he's this the the top of the the history of the comebacks, you know. I think I, I no, wasn't alive, but the, the the thing is, Real Madrid starts his legend for the comebacks in the 80s, you know. Yeah. And and we never uh, uh, keep doing that. So that's the Real Madrid way, and that's. Why we are specials? I, I love to to see a, an, an eight no game, yeah, for sure. But once in a season, you know, I would rather be one 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 two 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 three three than eight zero because it's it's gonna be a boring game. At least for me, I love the the excitement. As yeah. always, as long as we won. Yeah. I, Not even about the score lines. So we could win four nil, but then you are damn sure like our defense will let the opposition have a, like a really couple <laughs> of good chances, and it's still going to be an exciting game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's 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 very valid. That's very valid. Actually, you know, uh, we have Yadu in the chat. Actually, he's just you know reaffirming what uh, Javier is saying. Like you know, Real Madrid coming clutch is football heritage. You know, that's that's part of the history of you know Real Madrid. Like that's what we build our our ourselves upon. As you know, I said, it's stuff of legends to be honest. So. You can take that away from that. 
Yeah, so very, very, very valid point, very valid points. Yeah, so we have uh, also Ritwik in the chat. It says, uh, give shout out to Broke Barcelona as well. So yeah, shout out to the Broke guys. <laughs> I mean, how broke can they be though when, you know, they're signing players left, right and middle and center? So, I mean, I don't know. That's, 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 that's something though. That's something. Yeah. They could, I think they could start with Bellerin this game against Tevilla, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that earlier as well, that Bayern is going to get his contract terminated by Arsenal and he's going to move to Barcelona. I mean, that's that's quite interesting, you know, with Sergio, Sergino Dest also moving to Milan as well. So I like, that. I, I like that move because Sergino Dest, for me, is better than Hector Bellerin at this point. Mm, I see. Actually, you know, mm. I always liked Sergino Dest, actually, but I felt he made a, a wrong decision moving to Barcelona at first because if you guys could recall, when Dest was moving to Barca, he had the option of either Barcelona or Bayern Munich. And he chose Barcelona at that point in time. And in my opinion, I felt like he made a wrong choice there because I felt like he was very young. He could have gone to the Bundesliga, you know, and take the step from the Eredivisie, the Dutch league, to the German league, and then make, you know, make the step to the, I don't know, Premier League or eventually uh, a bigger team in Spain as well. So, uh, but I felt he made a very rushy or hasty rather move in joining Barcelona at such a young age, in my opinion. It's always a mistake going to Barcelona. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're you're right about that. These days, it's, it seems like it's 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 very it's like a graveyard, you know, for youngsters. But then, yeah, I mean, they also have as, except if you're from the, the 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 Barcelona team as well, because we could see like you know Frankie De Jong hasn't performed as we expected, but then you know we have Gavi, Pedri, and Nico performing wonders as well. So, I mean, there is something there. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I have my doubts, you know. Only I, I would say only Pedro for me is outstanding hmm. because they talk about. I think it's the same thing that happens with Gabi and Nico. That happens with Isco. Yeah. You no, know? he's a Spanish guy. He's a very talented. Yes, I would I, I would allow to say not, but but he's as good as he, as they put him. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Pedro for sure it is. Pedro is a top 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 talent, but I don't see Nico and Gabi. Uh, being uh, starting for Barcelona in two or three years' time. I don't see him there. I see. I see. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Only time will tell about this, to be honest. And as you said, to be honest, I also like, I have to you know, admit as well, like, right by your side, like, Pergi is one hell of a footballer, to be honest. Like, he's one hell of a talent. But, you know, uh, what I actually just feared about is about what happened to the English kids as well, you know. Uh, you can name the likes of Raheem Sterling, Marcos Rashford, and so on and so forth, you know. They play so much when they're young and, you know, when they hit their mid-20s, when they're supposed to peak, these players burn out. These players are unable to perform. So that's my fear, actually, with, with Pedri here because the point is that he's played so much at such a young age. He got injured, you know, serious injuries upon serious injuries. And, yeah, let's see how it goes for him this season. And, like, I mean, we are all football fans, so eventually we want to watch beautiful talents, you know, blossom. Guys, I'm I'm hearing a lot of uh, Pedri praise. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, would you swap Pedri for Kamavinga? No. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, those are two different players, though, man. Nah, I mean, those are. I mean, nah, man. Kamavinga, what? Nah, no way. Man, yeah, Kamavinga no won us the Champions League, man. <laughs> Kamavinga won us the Champions League. Don't don't do that to my guy, man. Don't no. don't do that, man. Farouk said that there are two different players, and even if they're the same position and same, I will say no because. What I like of Pedri is the physicality that Eduardo has. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I, I wouldn't trade Pedri for any of our uh, centers, but 
maybe is I think it's the best player in Barcelona squad in my opinion. You know, but if Robert I Lewandowski. Say, yeah, we have to consider the age. You know, I wouldn't trade Lewandowski for anyone at Real Madrid, but I would trade Pedri because he's a youngster. But yeah, Lewandowski is is a good player, but I think I would rather have Pedri. In I mean, this time, in this time, I have to. To, to be so mad. I mean, it was, it was just a couple of months back that he was just banging in goals from, with Bayern. So, I don't think any, anything I mean, changed. I mean, I mean, having a fully fit and motivated Usman Dembele, I think Dembele might might be the best player in La Liga itself, not even in Barcelona. A fully fit and motivated Dembele. That's the thing. It's a caveat that comes with him being fully motivated. I think you're, you're a Borussia Dortmund fan, Javier. So, you've seen this guy. I mean, yeah. when this guy was playing with Thomas Tuchel, man, this guy was a monster, to be honest, you know. And he came to Bar. Even you can see in flashes at Barcelona as well, you know. We haven't seen it for an extended period of time. But I mean, if Dembele is motivated, man, I mean, the guy can be a monster, to be honest. Yeah, just uh, like we said, you know, when when Dembele was there and played with Royce, I think it was the, one of the best uh, partnerships and. Just imagine if Haaland was there at that time. Exactly, know? exactly. That would, that would be the best uh, lineup of forwards in the world. Yeah, Dembele, Dembele is good, but I, I don't, I don't see him better than Bini. Uh, we, we, we haven't seen Bini's top, you know. And yeah. I, I think uh, Borussia's Dembele was the best Dembele of all, you know. And the best Dembele is not better what? than this current Bini. Yeah. Bini stop. I said it again. He's gonna won the Ballon d'Or for sure. I don't know if 24, 25, 26, but I think it's gonna be a Ballon d'Or winner. He started this top 10. Javier, to be honest, though, like I get totally what you're saying, you understand? Because the best we've seen from Dembele so far is what we've seen at uh, at Borussia Dortmund. And to be honest, he's nowhere near the level Vini is operating at right now. And we know the ceiling is still, you know, Vini has not hit the ceiling yet. But in my personal opinion, we also haven't seen the best of Dembele. But the question is now this. Can you see the best of Dembele? I don't think so. Because I think that Dembele is past it right now. He's no, like, I mean, he's no longer that young, hungry player, you understand? I feel like the motivation is lacking. Right now, even whatever he does, he's just, you know, doing, because in my, like, I was really, you know, when, Bar- when he came to Barcelona, I was really on Bartomeu's uh, case as well. Like, man, when he was saying, like, this guy was better than Mbappe, I was like, okay, he might not be better than Mbappe, but he can be in the same bracket as Mbappe. I was totally sure. I was totally on board with that, to be honest. But, yeah, guys, I don't know, man. Anyways, forget about... Okay, so you do hear saying that Dembele had more hype than Haaland at his age. Sardis never worked out too. Yeah, that's it. Like, it just didn't work out, you know. So that's the thing, like, you know, talent and hard work has to come together to bring something out of it. But... Yeah. Anyways, I'm just gonna uh, put put this to you guys. Like, how do you guys see the season going? Like with the rotations, because like I think we have nine games in October. I'm not sure we have to play all the group stages before the mid of November before the World Cup start. So, what do you guys think? For I will just ask you guys, especially about Karim Benzema. How do you think we handle his game, his workload? Like, or rather, what would you want to see Carlo do? I mean, let's start with you, Jacob, and then we can go to Javier. Um, I don't 
to be honest i don't see any rotations happening for karim benzema uh, i feel like he's going to play until uh, he just walks off injured uh that is just uh, the carlo and uh, philosophy you know you just play a player until they can't anymore and then you switch out their them for someone else so but the question remains like who can play instead of karim benzema if you want to take him off since you can't do it hazard can't do it uh, if we are uh, down 1-0 or 2-0 he is not the player that you want winning matches so um i would say if we do end up uh, winding up games in the first half or in the early parts of the second half then we could see a lot of rotations for karim benzema otherwise um, it's going to be a tough long hard season for him hmm have your take well i i don't like to to not rotate but i think it's going to be a, a very interesting part of the season you know um i i read yesterday that we're going to be in madrid yeah uh, at Bernabeu and also versus Atletico Getafe and Rayo. Rayo exactly. I, I, I think it's the... We're on 11 games. Out. In the next 11 games, we have just Elche, which is uh, a bit outside of Madrid, yeah. So that's going to be able to, to, to rotate for Carlo, you know? Everyone is going to stay fit. I think it's uh, even if a two-hour uh, plane or something like that in the Champions League, we're going to... I rotate a lot more, you know. I don't see him uh, using Karim for the start and every game for only one reason. Karim is going to ask him to reserve a little bit uh, for the World Cup. Yeah. Not because Carlo wants, because Karim asks him. Mm, I and I, 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 say, I, I think it's going to be a lot of Rodrigo starts and mm. maybe Hazard starts. I see. Maybe. No, I mean, so we have Yedu here in the chat saying France crash out of the World Cup. Benzema keeps trying an all cylinder for real. You heard it here first. <laughs> that would be the dream scenario for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's 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 a valid thing. That's I mean, as long as Vinicius wins the World Cup, then yeah. I mean, uh, if I because to be honest, I cannot handle you know the England the English media if England wins the World Cup. But that's the thing. So <laughs> oh, it's never gonna happen anyway. So. <laughs> Nah, not I mean, it's not coming home. We need either France or Brazil to do something. No, but course. imagine uh, this scenario. Uh, let's say there is a real strong Pichichi race going on in La Liga. You, do you see Karim asking for more playtime from Ancelotti, even though he, even though Ancelotti feels like he has to rest? Like, I mean, so it depends... It depends on the scenario, do Like, for example, the point now becomes is if we're in a Champions League quarterfinals, right? I mean, Benzema has won this before. He wants to win another Champions League game. So he's going to, like, obviously, uh, uh, what's he called? He's going to obviously prioritize, you know, the quarterfinals of the Champions League, the semifinals of the Champions League over winning the Golden Boot, which he has already won before, actually. Because I don't think, because actually, you know, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this or if it was uh, on the sub and Reddit, the fact that, you know, Benzema was given a penalty to Eden Hazard in a game, you know, showed that, like, he doesn't really, you know, at least at this point in time, He's not too focused on, you know, being the highest goal scorer and what is and what is not. And, you know, Benzema's history tells us that, like, you know, we've seen, and also even last year in the in the Champions League as well, like, we heard Rodrigo say Benzema offered him the penalty, but he was like, nah, just, you know, because the point is whoever scored that penalty is going to be on the papers the next morning. That was a winning goal, you know? And he was yep. offering Rodrigo the chance to, you know, just to get his hat-trick in such a heavy tie game. So I personally 
based on at least the traits we've seen Benzema exhibit in the past, I think like that's not that's going to be something secondary, except if we're out of the main competitions and like we're just focusing on our Liga and for sure definitely he has all the right to do that. Absolutely, yeah. He is the most, uh, one of the most unf- unselfish players that has played for him. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I think uh, we can call it a day for today. It's been, I think, more than 45 minutes right now. So uh, I think we've given our predictions before. I think we said 1-1 or I, I said 1-1 rather and Javier said a 2-1. So Jacob, what's 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 your prediction for the game? Um, I want to say a more negative scoreline, just uh, just to <laughs> separate myself from the pack. But then I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go for one-one as well. Ah, okay. All right. Then we have we have two draws and a, and and one more bold person from Javier. I mean, seeing Javier's ball at this, you, you can understand why he's so bold. You know, the man yeah. the man wakes, breathes, sleeps, eats Real Madrid, man. So. Not in short of a victory, man. He's that confident. Okay, people, uh, without any further ado, let's just call it a day for today. And let's shout out to Ritwik and Yadu on the chat. Thanks for keeping us engaged. And before we go, just uh, one last reminder that the Football Content Award for the best new content uh, is going on. So the link to the Instagram page is in the description below. Uh, please just click on the link and in the chat, just to mention us at, real, at Let's Be Real 1902. And uh, you can vote till September 4th. September 4th is the last day. Today is the 1st of September. So we still have three more days to go. Uh, so people just, please just go there and uh, yeah, mention us as much as you can and spread the word, spread the word to the good people. Let's, 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 let's do this. Hello, 